Issue number 14 of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm the Interstellar Andy, and with me are my co-hosts, the Spaceborn Shane. Oh, hello. And the Priceless Rory. I kind of wish I was the Spaceborn. (laughs) (laughs) But here I am. Here I am, Priceless. I'll take it. <laughs> I want what he has. <laughs> but his grass looks so green. Uh, <laughs> today's comics follow Silver Surfer, Captain Marvel, and the Fantastic Four, and they're going to take us from October through December of 1968. During this time, Richard Nixon is elected the President of the United States. Yale University announces they're going to begin admitting female students for the first time. Oh, my and- God. Jimi Hendrix releases Electric Ladyland. Oh. Boom, baby. Oh, Jimi Hendrix again? That's two, that's two Hendrix. We yeah. talked about Jimi Hendrix last week because that, that came up yeah. when we were looking at the, <laughs> that, that the came things. Up. Yeah. That came up and then we and then we realized it wasn't actually in the time frame for last week. And then Rory got mad at you for not knowing what the Electric Ladyland was or having ever listened to it. And then we had this whole side conversation. Well, you thought that it was like a theme. The episode. Shane th- I, well, let's be clear. Shane thought it was a theme park. What? <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. But he, he didn't. He, he had no frame of reference. Okay, and but that can was you imagine? The, the, but the chop lesson arose. <laughs> they make a new. They make a new like uh, area in Disneyland called Electric Ladyland. <laughs> it's just all like fembots. Mm. Uh, that that would be a lot of fun. That's for adults only. Disneyland is already for adults only. So <laughs> yeah, get all those kids out of there. They are not enjoying it as much as I am. That's I guarantee the you. They can't afford the fucking blue bayou. Kids, <laughs> kids are not paying your kids are not paying your ticket prices. You are getting those adults in there, goddammit. Disneyland is for I paying adults. I think that I think that's kind of real though cuz kids don't <laughs> yeah. cuz cuz parents spend whatever it is, 200 bucks on a ticket, so they're there from dawn till dusk and kids don't have that kind of constitution, no. especially when they're in line for hours at a time. Yeah, no, that's that's totally real. Also, the most enjoyment I've ever gotten out of Disneyland was as an adult. Uh, but you know, I don't know if that makes, I don't know if that says something about Disneyland or about me. How many times have you been to Disneyland, Shane? A lot. (laughs) I, (laughs) um, I I don't know. Like, do do you want like a real number? It's like, is it double digits? I mean, no, it's not, it's not double digits yet. It's like six or seven. Okay. Okay. So far. That's respectable. I mean, is that, uh, is that like a whole weekend or a day or a little bit of both? It it depends because like at Disneyland, if you have friends who work there or family members who work there, they can sign you in. And it, yeah, like, totally. it's, it's different at Disney World because at Disney World, they have to accompany you through all the parks. Ugh. So it's real easy to show up and just have like someone sign you in for the day. 
Yeah, if you've if you've got petite yeah. actress friends in L.A. who are doing that hard grind as princesses on the park, like you know, <laughs> that's a that's a crazy thankless gig uh, with a lot of perks and a lot of horrible things going on. But they mm-hmm. will get you into the park if you got those friends. So, yep. Holler uh, at, at all our princess friends. Yeah, all my princess friends. Did you know I'm personal friend to princesses? <laughs> princess. <laughs> that means you. That means you've been a princess. Yeah. Well, you know what. <laughs> When you work at Disney, you have to say you're friends with a princess. You can't say you play a princess. <laughs> yeah, it's like contractual. You have to say, oh, I'm friends with Jasmine. Yeah. Oh, I see what oh you mean. God, yeah, Because yeah, they yeah. won't let you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Captain Marvel. We read two issues of Captain Marvel today, uh, six and seven, I believe. And uh, I don't know. I I, I kind of liked. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I liked pretty much everything we read this week uh, to some degree. Uh, but I, I like how yeah. Captain Marvel is kind of going. Yeah. Yeah. They they were there. It's one of the it's one we've come up a, a, with a bit where uh, nothing like panel by panel. They weren't that interesting, but they were totally fine reads like as a whole. Right. As a body of work. I think on the whole, what's nice is that. And I don't know if it's because we're lead- we're reading hardly anything Stan Lee is writing, and we're instead reading Arnold Drake, and that makes something some somehow that makes it a little bit more readable because there's not as much like ham-fisted Stan Lee text everywhere. But I feel like he's had a bit more restraint on his other titles as well. Like everything yeah, we I read, mean, he's working is on so Silver Surfer, more, right? Yeah, yeah, he's good. writing yeah. Silver Surfer. It's it's totally good. Uh, everything everything just sort of reads a lot better here in 1968 than. Even sixty-seven and six, like it's it's like they've sort of figured out a better balance on how to. Sure, it's a lot cleaner. Is what it yeah, like. yeah, absolutely. As far as the actual stuff going on in the issues, uh, I enjoyed the return of Quasimodo. I thought he got <laughs> turned into a clock at the end of the Silver Surfer issue, and I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if it, if he's <laughs> so shown he's up back. in other in other series, and we just didn't see what happened to turn him back from clock. <laughs> not, not even clocks can hold Quasimodo. Um, but Quasimodo's pretty fun. Like as of right now, he's kind of the only villain I can think of offhand, at least that we've read, who's like kind of the direct respond like the from the he's directly from the actions of a hero. Yeah, yeah, because Silver Surfer just sort of. Played found God it. casually yeah. and made a, a villain. Would you like a body, my friend? <laughs> yes, I would love a body. Cool. Uh, and yeah, oh and that's, no, it, he's mean. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's from Silver Surfer's just gentle nature. He finds an evil computer, and it just, with almost no effort, convinces him, convinces Silver Surfer to make him a body because he's so easy to trick. He's so easy to trick. <sighs> he's a tricky boy. Yeah, so I really like Quasimodo spends all of, uh, well, half of, he only shows up about 10 pages into Captain Marvel 7, um, and he spends the rest of the time just sort of going on and on about computer energy like it's a real thing, and then the people in the pages are like, uh, Quasimodo, computer energy is not a real thing. And he's like, okay, well then explain <laughs> the fucking computer energy I'm drinking, because I'm dope Explain now. how I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thirsty. <laughs> we should do. So I have a, I have like a line written down from that that issue. Uh-huh. I think, I think we should do a segment every week where it's lines out of context. <laughs> okay, please. I know exactly what one it's gonna be. 
<laughs> it is all right. So it's definitely um join the nut club, Bernie Buddy. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, see that's so funny because I knew I knew that that was one of them. I had totally forgotten about that in this context because I was a hundred percent sure you were gonna say, Welcome to gay nineties town. <laughs> <laughs> God. Which I really also love. There's this whole there's this whole thing where uh, where Marvel is tasked. They're they're sort of you know the Kree are like I don't know if you're really devoted to this mission. And he's like No, I totally I totally am. I hate the humans. And they're like Well, how about you unleash this virus on a whole human town and just like kill a lot of them? And he's like Shit, I don't want to do that. And through some weird convoluted whatever is he ends up in this place called like it's like a it's like an 1890s themed park with full of animatronic people <laughs> <laughs> and they call it gay 90s town i like which the puppet is people so great in retrospect yeah it really but, it's really aged well <laughs> but he has uh but he he managed to deactivate all of the uh all the robots and make it and and as such it looks like he's killed a whole town and so he's able to be like look i did it except he didn't actually do it uh it's kind of a f- oh, fun loophole i think that's super fun that they can't hear what he's saying there's no sound in their weird camera device mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah yon rog watching week- him from the ship yeah Every week there's something where it's like, um, he, he's like, uh, oh, it looks like I've done a good thing, but I'm secret. I'm holding all my secrets still. It's, yeah. I don't know, it's a fun little thing that they're playing with. That's nice. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a good, it's a good status quo that he has to like, it gets upset every week by the Cree sort of knowing that he's betraying them somehow, but never <laughs> being able to prove it. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, how about you do this horrible thing? And he's like, you bet. Yes, sir. And then totally fucks it up. And then they're like, damn it. We can't well, yeah. get any proof on this guy. I mean, that's and that's so funny when he's when he's in the he's in the chair of truth at the beginning. And <laughs> uh, and Ronan, the accuser, is there to, to get to the bottom of this. And uh, it's established that, you know, you can't lie in right. the, in the in the chair of truth. Um, <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Uh, but then he goes, he goes to his little computer readout and he's like, darn it. It, tur- it turns out all of his answers lie in the 2% nuance zone. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, the, it was the, the, the zone of indecision. The zone of indecision. <laughs> Shit. Oh man. That's so funny. I, yeah, so this dynamic is is really enjoyable, uh, even if the art has taken a real hit. Oh, man, I was so sad. It, yeah, but I still just love the idea that there's this magic chair that can tell truth from lie, but that for some reason it also has... <laughs> it's this thing that can magically determine if something is black or white, and then there's just a little gray spot on the side where everything <laughs> Where if you're a really good go. liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, we've uh, we've had we've seen we've seen this uh, this title be taken over uh, in both writing and art by different people now. So Arnold Drake is the head writer and Don Heck is the head artist. And I do not like Don Heck's drawings or panel composition. <sighs> not at all. Not even like a little bit. Yeah, they've got they've got kind of 40s pop serial vibe to them. Yes, 100 percent. And. 
and I don't know, it might be, it might still be Artie Simek or Simek or whatever you pronounce his name doing the lettering, but like even just the way that like the, it looks the, dated. the, the sound effects sort of are arranged yeah. in the, it, it just, I don't know. Yeah. It reads, I think I said this last week or two weeks ago, but like it's, it's really annoying when I get a newspaper comic print Prince Valiant feel. Like, yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't get that. I don't like that style. It feels like it belongs to my grandma. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I know this is the 60s. Like, I get that. But, like, that should be my dad's age, not yeah. my grandparents' age. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it says a lot about Arnold Drake's uh, sense of fun that I still really enjoy it, even when the art has taken such a hit. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see if we get any serious developments because at some point this this whole teeter totter has to kind of collapse, right? I mean, yeah, Yon Rog so, can't hang out outside of Earth's atmosphere forever. That's another thing that's really fun about Captain Marvel that we haven't actually spoken about much. Uh, there's just a ton of, if not if not outright suspicion, like question marks around uh, Doctor Lawrence, the guy who showed up out of nowhere and <laughs> claimed to be a missile expert. And oh it's fu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor, yeah, his uh, alter ego isn't it Lawrence? Am I crazy? It's it's, it's like Lawson, isn't Lawson. it? Lawson, yeah, yeah you're Lawson. right. It's Lawson. Um, I love that. You know, it's just not. It's not too Clark Kenty. It's not. Uh-huh. Nobody suspects Peter Parker. No, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Like everybody's kind of like, what the fuck is going on with Lawson? <laughs> <laughs> he's so weird, and he's never around. <laughs> <laughs> why can't we get in touch with Dr. Lawson and Carol Danvers, especially she's yeah, like, and why does fuck? he keep, why is this random guy gaslighting me so hard about UFOs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really funny because he's getting it on both sides because the career like, God damn it. You're, you're doing something bad. I know it. And he's like, fuck, just let me get back to Earth. And on Earth, Carol Danvers is like, you're not a real normal guy. I know it. And he's like, I swear to God, that that crop circle that the invisible jet you claim was there, that could have been coming from anywhere. Anything could have made this obvious rocket shape. I swear to God, there's nothing weird going on. How many times do I have to tell everyone in my life that I'm a normal man? <laughs> Check my phone, Carol. Check my phone. <laughs> uh, uh, we took a we took a, a, a brief sojourn back to the world of Fantastic Four for the last time in the '60s uh, to see an annual that introduces uh, another sort of major cosmic player named Annihilus. And I don't know about you guys, but this was this was a really, really fun issue for me to read. Uh, it's silly. It was lighthearted. <laughs> and I liked that it wasn't a kind of, you know, and as, as I have complained about annuals in the past, they're often kind of nothing burgers with an excuse to bring in a giant cast. And this mm-hmm. was just a long issue. And I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. More a more focused kind of we'll just spend more time doing a cool thing. I have to I have to describe a little bit about Annihilus because there's a few things I want to make sure that we talk about. Annihilus, it he's he lives in the negative zone, which is a place that the Fantastic Four have have sort of gone back and forth into on brief sojourns because it's very dangerous. Um, and Reed almost died in there at one point, and uh, and what's his butt the 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 big like animal man yeah, guy yeah the guy uh, with blastar. rocket fingers blastar blastar with the rocket fingers came out of there and you know so they, they've they've been playing with it for a while but now annihilus is this sort of like nebulously maybe a robot maybe just a guy in some crazy armor uh with wings 
But most importantly, he has the cosmic control rod. A giant pill that he duct tapes to his chest. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a dildo. I thought it looked like a like a capsule pill, you know? Yeah, it, it totally does look like both of those things. And for, <laughs> and for fun, it has... Is that a has... dildo shape? <laughs> Listen, you need people, fl- people <laughs> like different shapes, Rory. Different <laughs> different shapes for different feelings. But there's literally a panel where, where Mr. Fantastic is holding it to his chest that I'm sending you right now where it doesn't, <laughs> okay, okay. It doesn't look like a pill or a capsule. Continue, Andy. <laughs> I will. Though to be fair, it does not have a flared base, so I don't really I don't endorse <laughs> using the cosmic control rod as any sort of pleasuring device. Because uh, nobody oh, you're wants afraid, to. You're, you're afraid oh, it's going to get lost. I can see it. Yeah. nobody wants to lose. Andy. Nobody wants to lose the rod up in there, up in wherever. <laughs> Especially because a nihilist would be really upset. Okay, so yeah, a nihilist would be cheesed if you lost his rod. Um, <laughs> This whole issue, uh, after after the Fantastic Four steal the control rod, they're they're running around, they're running away, um, trying to get trying to get out of there. And Alice is chasing them. We'll we'll I'll, we'll double back and, and go through yes. this in longer detail. But, yes. But Reed Richards, the smartest man on earth, uh, is like trying to trying to extract some of the the cosmic juice out of them. <laughs> right, because right, there. there's because there's an easy access nozzle. No, no, on wait, the wait, side. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Yeah, and then at the very end, Nihilus catches up to them, and Reed is like, how do I, I, do I, I it's juice. impossible to open, and then Nihilus is like, there's a hole in the top, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you absolute dingus, the top comes off. <laughs> and I love so, it. So, this is, okay, so... I'm, I'm going to say a thing. It's the least important, the least interesting part of this issue. The fact, the reason that they're there is because blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. Remember, Sue Storm is pregnant. She's about to give birth, but there's like problems with the baby because she's got some sort of cosmic energy woo woo going on with all of her and the baby's cells. And Reed needs some sort of negative zone. Who even knows? They don't even really bother explaining it's, why. Yeah, it's kind of tricky. To, uh, yeah. So he needs the cosmic control rod so that he can save his wife and unborn child from, I guess, terrible birth defects or possibly death. So anyway, that's why they're there. But the the real star of this issue is Annihilus for me because so he, <laughs> early on, he monologues by himself about the secret cosmic control rod that he has. And he does it so loud that the, the, they write his text bigger, like all of his text about the cosmic control rod is like five to ten <laughs> sizes of font bigger than the rest of everything on any page. And he's like, yes, and I have the cosmic control rod and not man nor beast shall have arrested from me. <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny when later they steal it from him and he's like, oh, God, I hate those guts. They stole my fucking rod. Oh, well, I guess I'll go after them. I'll just go take my rail planet. They took my fucking plane. <laughs> and he's just so thrown by everything. It's just, it's so wonderful to watch just like this guy who takes himself so seriously. Half an issue after getting introduced, just like, like comedically cucked. <laughs> Well, he, <laughs> so and, 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 and one of his one of the tools he employs against the Fantastic Four is a giant boot. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sequence is so uh, good. <laughs> what is it? It's like a, it's like a boot, a giant buzzsaw, and it, yeah, it's it's a what was the other, um, oh, a, a floating sonic sponge. Yeah, yeah, just a big sponge. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I think it's that that one's for Johnny, and Johnny Storm's like, oh, of course, I'll shoot the sonic sponge, and it's Sonic Eye, and he just kind of blasts it and wins. <laughs> it's fun, though, because he's presented with a lot of gravitas. You know, he doesn't seem like a Quasimodo, mm-hmm. uh, and they just make an absolute fool of him. <laughs> and all of his powers are so silly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's it's just really great to see someone get that humiliated in their first appearance. <laughs> yeah. Especially when we know that he's a big player later on. It's like, yeah, your first issue, you just you tripped over your own butt and fucked <laughs> off and then had to make a deal. Like you had to trade back your extremely powerful thing that gives you all your powers. Like, it's just so funny. I don't know. I really I really enjoyed reading that one because I was just laughing at Annihilus the whole time. Can we talk about um, the waiting room antics? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, there aren't really any, but I just the the panel where they're all just sitting in the waiting room and Johnny's like juggling and Mr. Fantastic is like freaking out. And the, the thing is like ripping a phone book in half <laughs> just for fun, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> And then yeah. they're talking to like this Mr. Smith guy and he's like, I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed. Right. Because his <laughs> wife is also having a baby at the same time. Yeah. I was I was interested to see like that almost felt like they were going to set up like a new character or something like we were going to meet this guy. Yeah, this this was like this was like when Ed Sheeran does does Game of Thrones or something like it. It's <laughs> it's it's such an odd like. The character has too much screen time to be such a throwaway character, and yet, yeah, he, apparently he is okay, just just a guy, just a guy who uh, who got his moment in the sun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I liked this issue, and uh, I, I kind of expected the other annuals that we read to have like uh, you know filler pages or you know those big pinups, but this one was uh-huh. just like front to back, just like Straight forty up. some forty some or fifty pages of just like one big story, and it was cool. I liked it. The other thing that I hope comes back. Uh, you know, knowing that Annihilus, you know, also returns, they just straight up made a deal with him, gave him back his cosmic control rod. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to fuck off. But and, they drained his rod's juice. So it can't just a little out bit anymore. out of the, just, out of the, the, the nozzle at the tip. <laughs> <laughs> they only took one vial's worth, one sample of, 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 uh, rod juice. Well, for some people, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one, uh, one thimble, one thimble of juice. <laughs> oh, juice thimble. That's a good band name. That's a good band uh, name. Uh, <laughs> you're not allowed to name bands. I didn't name it. Rory did. <laughs> we should. We, moving- we should talk about. We should talk about uh, the Silver Surfer. Teen which, angst. Yeah. Silver. It, silver teen. It has really increased itself. Uh, I don't. That's a horrible phrase. But you know what I mean. In my in 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 my eyes, this has really uh, shown up this week. Yeah, we, we've this is sort of the start of character development for Silver Surfer. Yeah. He's uh, he's kind of running out of fucks to give about how terrible humanity is when he's <laughs> just trying to either help them or find or rent an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting because we hear him we hear him sort of internally conflicted all the time where he's constantly like one page his internal monologue will be talking about how like 
oh, but the humans have so much potential and like, you know, they're so, they, they make so many good things and they're, and they're so unique. And then the and other like page kinda, is like. <laughs> he also kind of, I mean, he fucked up his whole life to vouch for these guys. Yeah. And now they're, and now they're just burning him constantly. Yes. Yeah. He can't do anything right. Everything he tries to do is misconstrued by just gangs of of pitchfork wielding villagers as like <laughs> malicious and so he's like no i just wanted to help you and they're like put him in jail and he's like why yeah why? once a, once again marvel goes to some strange bavarian town and this time it was <laughs> silver surfer was trying to just pick a pick a quiet town in the you know in the steppes of europe to uh, to rest <laughs> this his rest his village seems head. nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, no, they have a very, very thriving local pitchfork in economy, and they are they they need to use <laughs> them. It, it it reads a little bit too much in many cases, where it's like it's almost contrived how 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 the plot is bending over backwards to make a a misconception. Yeah, especially when you know the only thing that's annoying about that is like Silver Surfer retiring to some quaint European you know village is way more interesting. It's mm-hmm. like that's. That's a that's a I would read that for an issue at least an issue of him just like living in a you know you know in a quiet in a quiet you know town absolutely yeah no they they don't they don't do that he uh, they chase he, him off immediately yeah well they were almost receptive until the until the capitalist shows up and waves his money around <laughs> I know <laughs> shit actually my my favorite one is uh, he heads to like a big city and. Like this crowd forms around him and they're like, he's naked. And he's like, well, I don't need clothes. And they're like, why don't you get clothes? And he's like, well, I don't have any money. And they're like, he's a bum. No, money. <laughs> he's homeless. Get him out of here. Right. They, they say like, we have enough hippies, hobos and hoods here. Like, yeah. yeah. Get out. But it, it is, it is a like. I think it's a well-written little moment where yes. they liked him before they knew he didn't have money, and they just were silver. They were just confused by his <laughs> nakedness. Yeah. In the in the first issue, we encounter these aliens called the Brotherhood of Badoon, and the the reason that you know things go awry this time is because everything they do is invisible. And so when Silver Surfer's fighting on fighting them and their big weapons and whatever, it looks like he's just causing mayhem against nothing in in the city. And the army's like, "Well, fuck that." No, <laughs> that's what they do in that one. And what's the what's the second one? The second issue has um, oh, the Mephisto. second issue has the greatest character to ever oh. have been invented, literally ever, <laughs> dude. Okay, actually, he is my favorite villain so far, Mephisto. If that's who you're talking about, he's literally incredible and the whole time i was reading i had this like evil high-pitched man voice in my brain and it was perfect (laughs) he's the oh god he's just incredible you guys you guys well it's like it's it's odd because it's this issue seems to on some level introduce the concept of christian hell to marvel Uh, yeah (laughs) like like he's literally like a, a demon, a Satan figure, and he talks about how much he loves humans because they're all such assholes that they all come to his house when they he, die. He calls himself the Prince of Darkness. 
Yeah. And there's even a part where he says he moves in mysterious ways. He's like, <laughs> Mephisto moves in mysterious ways. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's a really it's it's a really interesting thing. In in a in a cool way, Mephisto like he can't he kind of can't directly be a villain for anyone else's story. Like no, it totally. has to be someone like Silver Surfer who can really toe to toe. Sure, it's it, but it's all he's also we also meet him when Silver Surfer is on a you know on a downward spiral and he's you know without without any you know outside influence could become a Mephisto type or maybe not mm. literally but that's the, I think the trajectory we're sort of imagining. Right. Yeah, he he attacks Earth and at the beginning of the issue. Right. Yeah, he's finally had enough and he's like, oh, I'm gonna break all your I'm breaking all your computers. Yeah. He says, if power is your God, I'll show you power you've never known. And then he just like starts melting people's guns and like creating darkness across the world and just like very scary end of days shit. Um, and it's uh, yeah. And he, and, and yeah, yeah, he ruins all their computers. He turns off all their devices. <laughs> no, and, we phone. Uh, then Mephisto basically gets some sort of demon page from up top that uh, <laughs> somebody's messing with his with his breeding ground with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. I love I love that. It takes something that big to sort of get Mephisto to, to really like His notice. Puppy and he's like, oh no, you're yeah, you're not you cannot mess with my puppy bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really interesting dynamic. I love I love his motivation and I love what he does, right? Because it's clear that he's incredibly powerful because his first move is like, oh, we're gonna fuck with this guy. And he like teleports to his home planet and steals his uh, his former girlfriend Shala Ball, and just kind of takes her back to Earth and and uses her to to toy with Silver Surfer for the rest of the issue, um, which of course is a very dated trope. Like it's not it's not wonderful to just sort of be like, well, I'll go snatch a damsel and use her for the whole issue. But like, it is a, a cool demonstration of how powerful he is. Where he's just like, boom, teleport over there. Doesn't matter. Take her right and back. I think it works a little bit better in Silver Surfer than other things because he's, you know, sort of fated to never return home. And yeah, and it, yeah. So it's not like he just snatched up. So, I think he basically convinces her to come with him, right? I don't. Yeah, think, I don't remember. Yeah. So it's yeah, not like, like he you want to go snatches see him? her out, snatches her out of her tower. Yeah, he's like, I know where uh, I know where he is. We can go see him right now. And she's like, oh, well, I'd love to do that. But you're very scary. So and he's like, yeah, don't worry about that. It's much more interesting. Yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the, spooky go the spooky goatee. It's cool where I come from. <laughs> it's very cool. I My favorite moment of this whole issue is is pretty early on. It's right after this. It's right after this moment. And, uh, you know, he has the, the first, like, interaction where, where like, Shala Ball shows up in the spaceship and then like, oh, no, the, like the, the Earth defenses are just shooting nukes at her and like, oh, we got to stop it. And as soon as that's like done and Mephisto's back in hell, just sort of like ha, 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 this stupid fucker, Silver Surfer just walks in his front door and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and he's like, what the fuck? How did you get here? And he's like, I'm the Silver Surfer. <laughs> and it's so dope that he's just like, I'm here. Let's have this out now. We're on a different level and we can just kind of do this, okay? And I really liked that moment a lot. It spoke a lot about their power levels, you know. He tries to uh he tries to turn Silver Surfer into a thought and trap him in his mind maze. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, it's a fun moment because it's it's kind of completely unexplained. He's just monologuing about how he's trapped Silver Surfer in his mind maze. And then he's kind of shifts tone and is like, hey, stop, you know, don't try to solve the maze. <laughs> uh, so, but we don't, we don't like the camera doesn't follow us into Mephisto's brain. No. We see it all from outside and, and Silver Surfer just escapes and we got no real explanation for the how, why, when, or what, any of it. And it, it was kind of nice. Yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't. I don't think it would have done anything if it would have followed them into. I, I agree, like the, but the world that they've created and the artwork is so good in every single panel. I I completely agree with you, Shane. But I I think that Marvel tends to do that, go to the over explainy route, right? So it was nice to not get it. Yeah, I think I think the only thing that we get is after he pops right out of his mind maze. Uh, Mephisto like s- says a couple lines about how like. It sucks, but also he's a little relieved because his uh, he says his accursed purity did pain me like a canker. And so, like, I guess <laughs> it good. hurt to have him in there. <laughs> have such a nice boy in your brain. He's, yeah, it's so nice. Such a sweetie. Just in there thinking, just in there thinking about lollipops and unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Shalabal's favorite color is? What do you think Shalabal's favorite song is? And he's like, shut up. (laughs) 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 (sighs) I wonder what, I wonder what Annihilus is doing right now. Oh, fuck, they took my, they stole my fucking socks too? Where are my socks? Uh, No, it's, it was a really, it was a really cool story. I liked it a lot. Uh, The other, the other like title that we have attached to it, we have these little watcher stories. Um, the first one last week was interesting because it was an original story, but what they've done, these two issues, uh, is kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, it's odd because they are reprints. They're not, they're not literal reprints, but they're retellings of stories they told in amazing adult fantasy back in 1961 or two. I know it was a horrible title. They, uh, (laughs) right. Just in time for Spider-Man's introduction, they changed the title from amazing adult fantasy to amazing fantasy. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, they're old, they're old, like just random sci-fi stories that now they're redoing with the watcher as a framing device. And I think Gene Colan is redrawing art for it. So it's like, it's kind of like the work and it's kind of like recycling. So yeah, I don't know. They're, they're not really worth talking about. They're kind of funny. They're, they're like, they're like really, really short Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really pleased that Silver Surfer is as good as it is because I want to spend some time with him and... And hopefully it keeps up. <laughs> hopefully we get more Mephisto. <laughs> I hope so. He's just literally the best. Can I can I make a guess and say that maybe he features in our fuck Mary Kill this week? I would say that's probably a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this segment is a way for Shane to just sort of enact his fantasies with us as sort of like an excuse, but uh I think secretly I'm a villain, and I like hearing you guys kind of uh, sweat a little bit over the traces. <laughs> I think that's really what it is. All right, well, take us on in. All right, welcome, folks, to Fuck, Mary Kill, where you have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who's the one. And so, since this week we spent a lot of time, well, not a lot of time, but we spent some pages in a waiting room, that is mm, the set mm. of our Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. so <laughs> so we got nurses and, and orderlies watching us do it. You have you have nurses and orderlies and like patients just walking around watching you do what you do. So 
our our setting is in a waiting room, and the three characters you have to choose from are <laughs> Annihilus, mm. Quasimodo, oh, no. and Mephisto. But uh-huh. the, the caveat is that the, all this happens in the waiting room, so you have to deal <laughs> with gathered. You have to deal with their waiting room personas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Nihilus, Quasimodo, and Mephisto. Shit. Okay. Uh-huh. Go, 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 go. Stuck in a waiting room. <sighs> Trying to do like a pros cons list in yeah, my head. Yeah, this is a hard one. This is because, <laughs> like, obviously, I want to either fuck or marry Mephisto. Uh, because we can't Clearly. kill him. We can't Clearly. kill him. No, nope. because I gotta, I gotta know what that's like. You know, you you don't say no to to a night with the devil. <laughs> God, I almost, I almost think I have to kill Quasimodo, not because, not because he's Quasimodo and he's not attractive, but it because... sounds like you're killing him because he's ugly. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, pretty... don't do this to me. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that attractiveness doesn't feature into all of these decisions because it's kind of the name of the game. Well, the name of the game is Fuck Mary Kill, but. I, I do I do think it's because Quasimodo is the he has the least personality going on. I think I'd want to spend the least amount of time with him. He's just going on about computer energy. And... Yeah, but don't you want to try? Don't you want to sit? Don't you want to drink deep of the computer juice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the <a> computer man. <laughs> well, it's not going to be like fucking nude Tane. It's going to be like it's it's going to be like like a literal computer like one that it's got a, he's got a lot of rough edges and like wait andy you don't fuck your computer well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say i'm not just gonna make have you get me to lie on air <laughs> i think i i think i kill quasimodo i think i god i think i fucking eyeless and marry and marry mephisto that's my answer that's my final answer boy yeah i'm not i'm not even sure okay so uh you know, the main, my main issue I, that I'm hung up on is, yeah, the Quasimodo of it all. He is, uh, mm-hmm. now. <laughs> the Quasimodo of it all is my favorite <laughs> sentence. <laughs> We're, we are in a waiting room, which I don't think Andy factored into his much. Well, no, I don't, Andy, ca- I don't Andy care who watches. Andy was like, let's go. Andy doesn't I don't care, care who watches. But, but waiting rooms change people, Andy. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this right now. It's just going to influence my decision harder towards what I already chose. Because can you imagine how annoying a nihilist would be in a waiting room? <laughs> we get him over with quickly and move on. Yeah, but I, I think I think an important factor might be that uh, in the privacy of your own home, it might be easier to fuck Quasimodo. <laughs> I thought oh you were going to say God. in the privacy of your own home, it might be more acceptable to marry the devil. He's a computer monster, and he spent a <laughs> He's just... In the, in the privacy of your own home, it's just easier to fuck someone who's ugly. I can't believe it! <laughs> He's a monster! <laughs> I'm dead! He's like the Hulk made of microchips. It's not... It's not a good look. <laughs> now, if he was still as if he was still a clock, we could talk about it. <laughs> I think we got to kill Quasimodo. He's just yeah, I know. He's just he's uh, well, he's nasty too. He's nasty. He's nasty. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Mephisto. Oh, I think I'll switch it up. I don't think he seems like somebody I want to spend the rest of my life with. He doesn't have that kind of energy. Okay, he's. Okay. 
he's got battle sex once kind of energy and then we'll be done with it. Uh, and then we will uh, marry a nihilist. Uh, he has, you know, the rod. He's got the rod. He's he got the cosmic the control rod. Uh, he's 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 kind of a scatterbrain. He seems he, like he's maybe he seems a little more fun. He's, he's willing to compromise. And he knows where the tip is. I think so. he does know where the tip is. You know, uh, and, and and in a marriage in a marriage situation, uh, Annihilus is the only one of these villains who knows how to compromise. Mm. And I think that's really important. Actually, that's a really good that's a really good call. I'm not that's changing my answer, but I, but I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Shane, <sighs> I just <laughs> he's gonna kill Quasimodo too. I know it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill Quasimodo. Actually, oh. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to bang the sex doll, Annihilus. <laughs> I think. I think I kill Annihilus. Because <sighs> I I think he's super annoying in the waiting room. I do. I yeah, think he the, probably he's is really annoying. annoying. He'd be constantly room. screaming about his rod. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, "Who filled out my highlights for kids magazine?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like the kids who came here before. It just don't make an issue about it. It's fine. Just do another puzzle. <laughs> I want <laughs> this puzzle. I can't do the puzzles. They've circled Waldo on every page. <laughs> I can't get these wooden blocks to go along this wire. <laughs> Who invented this devilish machine? This corkscrew <laughs> won't let the wooden blocks pass. <laughs> Truly, you humans must be very advanced. I kill him. I last about 30 seconds of that and I kill him. Um, I think it sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think I marry Quasimodo, but only because if we're stuck in the waiting room, he's a computer and I can like play Angry Birds on him or something. <laughs> how do you broach that conversation though? You, how do, do, you, do you just open with like, can I play Angry Birds on you? Can I play Angry Birds? Or like, when, just... at, at what point is it okay where you're like, okay, does he, does he think I'm into him for him yet? Does, is he convinced I want a relationship yet? And now I can ask him to play Angry Birds. I just straight up ask him to take. How me many dates? How, how many dates can you ask that you can use him to play Angry Birds? I say, hey, uh, this is this is a this is a marriage of convenience. Let me see your app store. Oh, he's um, only got he's he's a Windows phone oh, actually. No. I'm so sorry. He has Zoom compatibility. <laughs> oh, uh, yep. And then I have sex with Mephisto, and then he goes back to his Netherverse. Yeah. <sighs> Good God. <sighs> hey, you know what? Thanks, boys. This Thank has been you, Shane. This has been issue fourteen of the Infinite Backlog, and uh, I don't have a I don't have a sign off, so I'm just gonna say I hope you all stay out of the five percent zone of indecision this week. <laughs> oh, don't forget, Mephisto works in mysterious ways too. <laughs> Mephisto works in mysterious ways. Bye, bye, bye. bye.